0: Simon, welcome to On The Record with uh, The Great Southern Brain Fart.
1: Oh, nice to be here, Don.
0: Hope you're well. <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. One of the things that I've noticed over the past year or so was that the Dio album, Lock Up The Wolves, has started to kind of, I don't know what it is, it's like experience a renaissance of sorts, where I'm starting to hear that that album title an awful lot lately, more so than I've heard in years times, you know, years past. And I went back and gave it an earnest listen, and I remembered loving it when I was a kid, you know, when it came out, you know, I saw the tour. That album holds up extremely well, and what I was curious to ask you was just a few questions about your memories of making that album. Like, first off, you had just come off of a, t- you know, like like a three-album album, Yeah, three, you know, three tour run with ACDC. How did you end up going from ACDC to Dio? Because when I heard you playing in Dio, I was like, there's no way that can be the guy from (laughs) ACDC.
1: You know what I mean? Well, thank you. (laughs) No, it was, um, well, that was, that was really, um, something that I felt, you know, the feeling of, uh, I needed to move on, you know, from D.C. I was becoming a bit complacent, and that's not good uh, for them or for me or for, the, you know, for, for people who go to see the shows, although I'm still giving it 100%, but, you know, deep inside, I needed to kind of, like, spread my wings a little bit and mm-hmm. play a bit more, and you you just really can't do that. You you won't do that in ACDC. It's a whole different style of drumming, which, uh, you know, is... Uh, uh, uh not easy and it takes uh, a lot of um, uh, uh, stamina and stuff but it's all good I'm not knocking the band it's just how I felt drum wise right um, and through a friend through a friend of a friend we, we sort of you know read the word out a little bit and I was luckily enough to know somebody who knew Wendy and Ronnie and they got me in touch and let them know that I'd be very very interested in uh, going down and you know um Trying, at, trying it out and seeing if it worked and stuff and I went down and we rehearsed it was mostly um, the material for the album because mm-hmm. they were in the middle of uh, rehearsing the album um, and it was all new stuff obviously and uh, we went through it and we seemed to get along well we we got on and uh, you know we agreed that it'd be a good idea if uh, you know if I continued on with the band and stuff and Ronnie was great you know
0: that way so when you came into so that's the... basically oh i'm sorry go ahead go ahead that i was just gonna say that's basically how it happened it was you know it,
1: it it seemed to go really quickly the transition so um that that was um really helpful in a in a kind of a, a in a in such a weird situation me leaving that 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 massive band and stuff so you know that that was the good thing that happened there
0: because one of the things that I was always interested in with Dio, even from from you know a, a young fan standpoint, you know I started listening to Dio in 1985, and was that you know with this album, this was a completely new lineup. I mean, I'm talking the only yeah. guy standing was Ronnie, and I just remember thinking to myself. How is this going to work? You know, because you know you've got you you had got I'd gotten so used to the sound, and then even when you know he he brought Craig into the fold after you know to replace Vivian, it still kind of didn't feel like that much of a transition, other than the fact that you know Craig seemed to be a lot more excited. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) But (laughs) this was a whole new lineup, and so you know it was yeah. It, it was yeah you're absolutely right Ronnie didn't seem too uh he didn't seem too
1: worried about things i mean it, it was it was a great time he was in a great mood um he's very very serious about the album obviously when we were recording it and uh and writing it and stuff but uh yeah it was all new players Jens Johansson on keyboard teddy cook on bass rowan um robertson on guitar who's uh you know, amazing for his age. God, he was eighteen um,
0: years old. I'm, I mean unbelievable.
1: Yeah. I know, right? He was just he was such a such a young age and and such a young um character as well. You know, he's he's very uh you know, full of energy and one to get on and stuff and all and <laughs> it, it was great. It was, it, it was a good time. I mean, you imagine being—you know—it's like he was kind of like me. I was about eighteen when I joined AC/DC, and he was eighteen when he joined Dio. So I knew exactly what he was going through. <laughs> you know,
0: so. Right, because because yeah, exactly. that was the thing was that I remember just thinking to myself, you know, when when you know when that album came out, I was just like, God, that kid's only the dude's only two years older than me shit, man, yeah, and he's right. playing in Dio <laughs> and I'm playing in some shitty punk band. You know? <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Strange things happen. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. That's... Um, but no, it was great. I mean, a lot of the time it was, uh, we were just having fun too. It was We we we, we found a great bar uh, around the corner from the studio in Reno, a place called Delmar Station. Um, it always used to be full of like Marines and um, it was a weird, weird place, but a great drinking place, you know. Uh, there was always a band playing in the corner. Yeah, we'd have a great time. good. Really good time.
0: So when you came on board, um, if I remember correctly, and again, you know, I tried to brush up on my history as much as I could, the album was pretty much um, almost all written, correct? Was it? Was that, was that the case when you came in? It was like maybe half written, or...?
1: Uh, it was pretty much written. Yeah. yeah, there were some little changes that we we did in the studio, and uh, you know that we that we kind of Ronnie felt needed, you know, lengthening a little bit sections and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it was all pretty much written. Yeah.
0: So during the writing process of something like this um, album, um, obviously since you came in a, l- a little late in the game, though, but. W- Working with Ronnie in the future, was Ronnie the kind of guy that kind of worked like, "Here's the material, gather around, and I'm going to teach it to you," or was it very much a democratic process where he kind of had the material but then involved everybody
1: it It was a democratic process to an extent. I mean you couldn't completely change your part, but he was very open to any any kind of ideas that you had. Mm -hmm. Um, and he let you just, he kind of just let you play and he wanted you to, for me, when I first went in, I kind of started playing it kind of, you know, kind of real straight and he said, no, 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 go go ahead, do do some more there, you know, put something else in there, you know, Mm -hmm. so, um, it, it was actually the other way around for me anyway, I was kind of a little bit. Curbed in my playing because of what I've been doing for the past eight years or seven years or so, mm-hmm. um, and he was a great help that way. He loves drums. He loves oh, he he loves the musicality of of, of instruments. You
2: know, mm-hmm.
1: he, he, when he hears a great bass player, he knows. When he hears a great keyboard player, he knows. Um, not that he he does dabble on keyboards, but and bass a little bit. Um, you know um he was a bass player
2: mm-hmm. but he would
1: he would never claim to be a to, to 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 kind of be a bass player he would always leave it to somebody else um you know what i mean um and he just made us all feel really comfortable he all, he made us all feel important um he made us all feel like a band he was very good at that you know he, you know is he's, he's a great leader you know,
0: he's a good boss. That's such a great thing to hear, too, because um, being a musician myself and a songwriter, you know, I have a band and I kind of operate on that same mentality where it's like, you know, I'm not a bassist and I'm not a drummer, but, you know, I've here, you know, here's the songs I wrote, you know, got, you guys listen to them and bring in what you have, you know, bring in what you want to put in yeah. and let's figure it out because... I'm, like you said, I'm not a bassist. But that's so cool to hear that that's how Ronnie worked because it, it almost comes, it, not even almost, it definitely comes across in the sound because the overall sound of Lock Up the Wolves, even though it was a different lineup and that signature Dio sound still was there, you could tell that it was different players, if that makes sense. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Obviously, it was a, it was a like you said, it's a completely different bunch of guys. Right. Um you know, they they'd done some rehearsing with Vinny, and Vinny Vinny left for for one reason or another, um, and I'm sure he, I'm sure he probably was scratching his head, going, "Oh my God, who's going to leave next?" You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> um, but it didn't ap- it didn't appear that way. He never acted that way. He never got fed up with things. He thought he found it all exciting and playing with new people, um, you know, and. He made us all, like I said, he made us all feel very um, included in the process of, of, you know, developing songs a little bit more and let us let us fly a little bit more. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Ronnie worked with so many different musicians by by then, and um, you know, and even after that, I mean, it it, it was it was hard edged with regard to that. I think he, he just knew he he had his own his own vision too of the of the way you know the songs should go um but he he always let people express themselves within the songs you know he loved good musicians i think that's basically what i'm trying to say
0: right now when you went when you went into this had you did you know or had you played with any of these individuals in the past and or was this the first time no,
1: no yeah it was only for all of us um You know, it was, um, um, I, I don't think either all of us, any of us had played in a band together with each other or or any projects. We were all totally new to each other. Um, you know, and that in itself was, um, you know, you're kind of looking at each other and testing each other a little bit. Oh, you're doing that, huh? Okay, let's see. I'll do try this then. Because, <laughs> you know, little nuances you change up a little bit because it's a different player and stuff. Oh, and, oh you, you think
0: know, you're, you're good, to, huh? See yeah. if you can follow this. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the <laughs> Because well, um, it's know, so, always, yeah. Always, always with Ronnie at the helm there, you know, it was, it was good. It was um, a good time.
0: Well, so as a player coming into this, I mean, because like I said, I mean, I, I, you know, as a musician myself, I know what it's like to even play with just one new member and just to play with one new person is, 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 uh, it's like a headache and a dynamic all on its own to try to get to know this person personally and musically and artistically. Yet here you are, you're thrown into a five, six-person unit, you know, with nobody that has ever played together, did it come yeah. together well, I, surprisingly I, fast for you? Or did, it, or, it, did. Yeah.
1: it did. It did, it did. I know what you're saying, absolutely. I, I mean, like I said, Ronnie's had a lot of experience in the past with different people and musicians and all, and uh, mm-hmm. I'd I just gotten a lot of experience very quickly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I came in with that little bit of um, extra... You know, knowledge and stuff and all, and and um, but we all got along really well. It wasn't it wasn't difficult to get along. And they were all, we were all, they were all cool guys, you know, um, and uh, they were good at listening as well and changing things up and working the stuff in into the songs and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, and like I said earlier, I mean, you know, Ronnie didn't seem really phased by the whole thing. He had such a, a vision of <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> of how the songs were going to go, that um, he he didn't seem worried at all. It it, it was just a really kind of relaxed time. Uh, I do remember one thing when we got in the studio though, well, we we had to change the drum sound around a little bit because mm-hmm. we we started off. The engineer was oh my god i forgot mm-hmm. his name, uh, Mark Dernley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. he worked on he worked on. Um, Oh, was it Mark Durnley? I might have the name wrong. I I can't remember the the man's name. He's a great guy. Um but and it might have been Mark Durnley, I can't remember. <laughs> um but anyway, he was the engineer and we set up the kit, we set everything up and we thought, Oh, okay, this is gonna be cool. But it was a really kind of um dry, not very ambient sound and ronnie didn't like that so we, we 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 were set up on the floor uh with some baffles around the usual kind of studio setup and um ronnie came in and he, he said no no we need something better than that we need mm-hmm. we need a bigger sound than this so i they brought in a riser we put the kit on a riser <laughs> and um <laughs> we brought we brought in some um a, 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 Ex- baffles, but we put plywood on them, so it made the room a little a little more alive.
0: Oh, okay, um, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and because it the, the other sound was too dry and small. He wanted a much bigger sound, right, and um, and none of us had any problem with that. It was just like, oh, okay, that's where we're going with this. That's cool. So you know, um, that was some of the um uh, uh, the aspects of the album that were kind of new. Um, and we developed it from there, really, you know.
0: So, even though I think I probably know the answer to this already, okay. but was there ever any kind of, like, was was there ever any kind of, like, pressure to, or, or like, competitiveness with, to say, like, Oh, we've got to we've got to up the previous lineup, or was it very much a uh, uh, this is this is Dio now? Um, they've already done what they've done. We're moving forward.
1: Oh, I, you you can't really. I think you'd run your own, yourself round in circles if you thought that way, I, I, <laughs> and I don't, really don't think Ronnie did. No, no, because he always wanted to make a great album. Obviously, mm-hmm. everybody does. Um, every musician, you know every producer, every engineer wants to make a great album. You're putting all your time and all your thought and all your efforts and all your love into making the songs great you know and that is basically what was happening you know there was no talk of like oh this has to be better than holy Diver or last in line or or anything like that. You just do what you do you're you're in this little this little Capsule of time, you know. That's mm-hmm. your time, and you do what you do. You, if you spend too much time thinking about the past or even the future, I think you would drive yourself insane. You know.
0: Oh right, <laughs> yeah. And if it's you're hard. trying to, if you're trying to you, you look at things from the expectations of fans, or look at look at things like, am I going to be better or do this as good as It's like just concentrating on the job at hand is enough as it is
1: absolutely if you want to you know do do your best efforts and make you do your best thing um you have to be in yourself doing that i mean it, it, in a way you can't really you know uh, you know get absorbed with the fans and stuff in a way because you have to step away from that and just do your best for the songs and stuff you know and uh right. and for that particular time um that, that you have to make that album and if you, you start worrying about a bunch of stuff it's 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 not a good place to be i don't think you know mm-hmm. you always just try within your best and and you listen to your fellow musicians and the songs and you 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 just try to absorb all that and You're in a capsule in the studio and you just go ahead and do it, you know, and get it done, you know.
0: So when you, once you guys got into the studio, you had made that connection, you, that record button was hit. What was the first song that was cut that you yourself thought like, oh man, this, this is it. This is, this is where we've connected.
1: That's a good question. I, I can't remember which was the first song that we that we started doing. Um it was quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't remember back that far. <laughs>
2: um
1: but I must admit we, we did rehearse we did rehearse well. Uh, mm-hmm. we were well rehearsed, so to speak. Right. Um and, and we we were all really ready to uh to uh you know, get on with things. No one was late. Wasn't any of that stuff going on. Everybody was hanging around. You know, even when it was, they had nothing to do with it. You know, it was we we're probably just getting drum sounds. Everybody was around and just hanging out. And, um, just, just really waiting to do their parts, you know.
0: Which probably sets for a really good vibe because that says a lot that like when a band is present throughout a process that there's, definitely some unity there you know but also the, the, that everyone's kind yeah. of studying each other a little bit you know You've
1: got me. yeah exactly you know that we were trying to connect to not only as musicians but as people as, as well and hanging out and having a laugh and uh, mm-hmm. and it was it was it was cool you know we all seemed to get along really well um you know i i'd come in like i was getting drum sounds and everybody was there and um you know it was um it, it was a good time. Everybody was really focused on what they were going to be doing and uh, get, getting ready for it, you know.
0: So how? when was the last time you listened to Lock Up the Wolves?
1: Well, somebody sent me um, actually a live show, uh, one of the last live shows that we did. In I, fact, I think it was the last show.
0: I saw you post that. I saw you posted that on Facebook. Yes, yes
1: yeah and he sent it to me and i listened to it and i'm going wow this sounds really good <laughs> and also by then um if i say so myself it sounded really good and uh but also by then you know we'd been on the road and we were even we were even tighter you know i was throwing in stuff and so was rowan and you know and i do remember that the, the mm-hmm. band um you know, it's inevitable. You get on the road and you, you get really comfortable and you start throwing stuff in. Your, your mind starts going and you can throw in a couple of things. Um, and Ronnie really didn't didn't mind any of that kind of, um, you know, inspiration, I guess you'd call it. Um, and, yeah, my friend sent me the, the Dallas show and I was listening and I'm going, man, this is really good. Sounds awesome. And Ronnie was on fire. I mean, he's uh. singing... All kinds of stuff. I mean, it's, it was just great, you know.
0: Uh, well, my first, yeah, for, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. Like,
1: that's what happens when you're, you know, when you're on the road and you get comfortable with it and you're throwing stuff in, you know.
0: Yeah, because my first Dio show was actually the Atlanta show where you guys played at the uh, Civic Center on the Lock Up the Wolves tour, and I totally remember that because I couldn't see you. <laughs> you were so far yeah. up in the fucking drum riser. <laughs> I just remember That's going. Right. I was I'd be like, I was I just remember going, dude. I'd love to see Simon, but he's so far because <laughs> we were because we were like kind of we were like kind of sitting off to the to the right, you know. And if I remember correctly, yeah. you were kind of set off. If you're looking at the stage, you were kind of set to the right, and John's was set to the left, you know. And then like, and I was, and I could, I couldn't see because <laughs> you were so high up. Well, and I just remember that. Uh.
1: I, I I walked in the first production rehearsal we had, I forget where it was. I looked at the riser and I go, You've got to be kidding me, what the <laughs> hell is that? You know
0: it's like, so, Coming coming from it, your like me, four foot bad. riser in A C D C right? You know, to like that. Know, right <laughs> <laughs> So you
1: put me on top of a bus, huh? A double deck of bus. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> but um no, it's funny we, we we had a mess with the monitors and um make sure that they were exactly right because i was so far away from the band and and we also developed some 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 cues because sometimes i couldn't see the guys you know they were underneath me or whatever mm-hmm. you know below me um <clears throat> and um we kind of developed these little uh, music cues and stuff so we knew exactly where we were at times um mm-hmm you know it it did get comfortable after the music cues you know and stuff and um, it, it worked out but in the beginning yeah we were we were kind of tiptoeing around up there and they were down there they were tiptoeing around are we going to end this or we what are we doing you know <laughs> <The> most- <laughs> you know we we uh we kind of messed with it that way it uh, it worked out you know but uh yeah it's um it, it, I like being down there with the band. To be honest with you, <laughs> it probably it probably looks spectacular, but the whole time I'm thinking. I'm thinking why am I climbing up a ladder to get on a drum riser? <laughs> you know, it was like... The first time I saw you, the,
0: it was like the first time I saw you back down onto the stage, I wanted to be like, you know, I wanted to be like, you know, welcome back, Simon. It's good to see you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know? I know, right?
0: <laughs> I'm like, I'll see y'all at the end of the show, right? Yeah, exactly. We're like, yeah. So I always wanted to ask yeah. you that. Like, what, what what, was, like? I mean, I can't even imagine what what went through your mind the first night of that tour when you walked up there and you were just like God. I can't see shit. I hope this goes well. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it it
1: it was a little bit like that. We rehearsed quite a lot with it, um, and we did some good rehearsing. But mm-hmm. you know, when when you when you stood there waiting to get up there and play and stuff, yeah, that's when it sets in a little bit, and you go, okay, well, I know what I'm doing. I hope everybody else knows what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so that went okay, and it, it worked out. There was there was maybe one or two little, uh, uh, I don't know what you call them, little flubs, but right. uh, it soon got rectified, you know, and it wasn't a catastrophe by any means. So, you know, it, it worked out.
0: <laughs> well, so looking back on the playlist of the album are, you know, cause, um, I, re- I had to go back and look at the set list from the tour and you guys at the time were doing, I think, I think four songs off the album. Um, was there a particular song that I – mean, well, the other thing I also wanted to point out, too, was that the album was actually, for its time, unusually long. It clocked in at just over an hour, where, like, that was right around the time, you know, CDs were coming out, you know, and, like, you know, you know bands were starting to push the length of their albums. Um, like, were you under the impression that the album was pretty long at the time, or, I mean – or did, did... No, I, I gotta. No, I gotta admit. No, I, I, I. You know, those were the songs, and uh,
1: it, it, it just felt right. You know, mm-hmm. I mean,
0: because um, it doesn't cause feel it added... long. It doesn't feel long. It was just until I looked at it today the, before I was talking to you. I was like, wow, I had no idea that album was an hour long. <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think too. Um, you know, it's. Um, I think when you have a, a whole you have a vision you have a whole vision and those songs mm-hmm. were important. You know, somebody told me and I'd forgotten a long time ago that there was actually another track that was recorded and I don't remember recording it. Um, you know, which is um actually unusual, cause I, what,
0: Yeah, I heard there was two actually. Yeah. There was one called cuz I wrote oh, it down yeah. here. There was called Hell Wouldn't Take Her and The River Between Us, I think is what um the two songs were called that were demoed but oh, never yeah. recorded.
1: Oh yeah, I think I think he did demo them, that's right. Yeah. I do remember Hell wouldn't take her, but I don't remember the other one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um I know we didn't record it. Um Yeah, no, we didn't record it in the studio. I mean, it wasn't left off the album. Um right. you know, well, I don't know. I mean, it like I said, like I was saying. I mean, Ronnie had a vision of how this album was was good, and these were the songs and stuff. So um, that that never really came up. It was like this is the album, and uh, and like like you said, I, and I agree. I don't think it sounds long. It's got a nice selection, I think, of kind of mid-tempo songs, kind of slower, heavier songs, uh, slow shuffle on there, and uh, I think it's. Uh, I'm looking back. It was an odd time when the album was released because I think a lot of, you know, you had the grunge thing came in and mm-hmm. I know a lot of people have said, you know, and there's nothing wrong with the grunge thing. It, it did, you know, produce some great stuff, but, you know, I think that the whole heavy metal genre was changing, you know, that it was a different landscape, so to speak, I think. And, um, you know, it, um, uh, um it, it it was just a, a different time really you know
0: right so like but when you look back on the um set list or, or or the song list of those songs like you know a couple of notes that I made for myself was like how strong that I forgot songs like uh between two hearts and you know born on the sun were um is there a particular song or two that <clears throat> Excuse me that that you look back on and go that that was a pretty special song for me.
1: Yeah, that I always liked the song um uh, my eyes. I, I always oh. I thought that was a fun, brilliantly written um and beautifully sung and it's also to me at least and I you might agree it's kind of autobiographical. It's it goes mentions a lot of songs that Ronnie had written in the past, um, you know, and it, it, it's just in you know I've seen it through the eyes of a stargazer. It was almost mm-hmm. autobiographical, and um, it was just brilliant. And unfortunately, we, we never did that live. I always thought we could we could get we could definitely have done that live, but uh, it's not to be. But that's okay. Um, but yeah. Um, and, and Born on the Sun I think is a is a pretty good song too you know um, that was a
0: great yeah, one because that, that one really kind of it was one of the few songs on the album that I remember hearing and even in going back and re-listening to it and thinking wow this this is reminiscent of that classic Dio sound but at the same time it still sounded new do you know what I mean? yeah,
1: yeah the, I think he it was he it, it wasn't consciously trying to do that it's just kind of the way the song came out i i totally agree with you though i think mm-hmm. there are some other songs too that, that have a different kind of flair to them from the previous albums right you know right. and especially like with it being a whole new band you know the only the only constant there was ronnie's voice but um you know it was still his songwriting even though the songs were a little little bit different you know
0: mm mm-hmm. Well, because you can't take the song out of the songwriter. So regardless of who's actually oh, no. playing them, there's always going to be there's always going to be a reflection of 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 how he of how he's written. You know, like you said, if he's the one constant and he's the songwriter, even if he's got a whole new band, even though it might be played slightly different, it's it's still OK to sound similar. But yet what I loved about with Lock Up the Wolves is that it sounded similar, but it sounded different like it literally did sound like he he had a new band because it was so punchy and it was so like I mean like opening up with Wild One you know I was like oh wow this is so different than you know Sacred Heart or Holy Diver or Last in Line this is a new band but it's still the minute Dio starts singing you know the minute Ronnie kicks in you're like oh this is Dio without a doubt you know, yeah, yeah.
1: It, it you, you can't you can't ever take that away. That it, it's Ronnie's voice, it's Ronnie's lyrics, um, it's Ronnie's melodies. It's it's all his. It's his baby. At the end of the day, um, which is amazing. I mean, I was so blown away by being by being in the studio with him and, and being in his band. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the the guy had meant a lot to me for a long time. You know, I love right. Rainbow. I love Sabbath, all the stuff he'd done before, and there I was playing drums in his band. It's like, wait a minute, <laughs> what's going on here, you know? <laughs> but, um, you know, sometimes it was like that. I'm like, good God, that. that holy shit, that's Ronnie James Dio. <laughs> you know. It's like, wait a minute. What am I doing here? Oh yeah, I remember. I'm in his band.
0: <laughs> and, was- yeah, and you had a relationship that lasted th- through many years because, oh, wow. you know, <clears throat> one of the things that I remember like being both heartbroken and excited about was that following the Lock Up the Wolves tour, I remember being very excited about what was going to come next for Dio? What was going to come next? And then all of a sudden it's Black Sabbath returns. And I'm like, yeah. And also I'm like, whoa, but what about Dio? (laughs) Because I was a huge Sabbath. I was a huge Dio era Sabbath fan at the time, even much bigger than uh, in an Aussie era, which, you know, back when I was a teenager was blasphemous, you know? Um, But you know, so when when that came, was it was it a blow to you guys or or or, or was it kind of like you, you it, it was something that was eased into and you kind of just said, "Okay, well, I guess we're done."
1: Well, it, it didn't feel like we were done. I mean, it, we were done, obviously, yeah. because he was going to do Black Sabbath for the next couple of years at least. Um Yeah, I I don't I, I really was happy for him you know i i you know and what what came from it I mean Dehumanizer, what a killer album
2: mm-hmm.
1: um you know and um i I really wasn't phased by it I, I was a little bit, I must admit, but not totally it was it was just seem i just really got to know Ronnie well, and it was I just wished the best for him, I really mm-hmm. did you know um. I did feel that we could have gone on and done another album. I must admit obviously. And um we could have done a, um some more touring because like the band was getting super tight and you know we we were just like a gang.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um you know it was going really well. But um you know I I I managed to get on something else. I forget what I did after that. Oh, it was UFO, uh, right? Oh, I went in the uh, Rhino Bucket after that. Rhino I, Bucket,
0: uh, yes, yeah. which, which is so funny because yeah. they're pretty much the California ACDC. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, they are, I guess. Yeah, they they don't like being called that, but I don't know why because they really do
0: sound like. But that I long, love, but I love, I fun. love those guys. Those guys, George DeLivo is one of my one of my favorite guitar player songwriters. I thought that I thought their stuff was brilliant. And when you you were Absolutely. on the, the Pain album, I thought that was fantastic it was great you know
1: cool yeah yeah. I mean after you know after Ronnie went to, to Sabbath it, I was just kind of hanging around and I was doing okay, mm-hmm. okay. but uh, you know um, I was just like okay well I can't keep hanging around like this so I better you know get on something and and through a friend of a friend I met up with them with, with Rhino Bucket and stuff and we really you know we really clicked you know they're a funny bunch of guys they what they play is, is super tight, you know, and I thought, oh, what the hell, I'll have a go, and they had an album deal, so we did an album, so that worked out pretty good, you know, um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was, um, it, it really wasn't a, a troubling time, it was, you know, you know, it's kind of actually taking a little break from Ronnie, but Ronnie would, when Ronnie went to Sabbath, he, he always assured me that Dio would be back again.
2: Right, you know, right. He
1: wasn't, it, he he kind of felt that you, it, he would always have room in his schedule to do another deal album even if he was in black sabbath um because he loves doing his own stuff you know he and he 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 does it so well right um so so that was talked about a little bit too you know only a little bit um so in that regard, you know, we didn't we didn't walk away as uh, enemies or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That was, that was the furthest away from from the situation, how the situation was. So um, yeah, that's that's probably how all that went down.
0: Well, so then, of course, like you know, then you know, ten years later, you return to the fold. You know, you're you're you, you do magica. Then we have killing the dragon and then master of the moon, but like. As great as those albums were, and I and I loved all of them, you know, some, there was something special about "Lock Up the Wolves." Um, do you feel that same way, particularly? And i and, and obviously you can be brutally honest and be like, well, you know, if you liked one of the albums better than the other, but for some reason, there there just seemed to be kind of a kind of a lightning <laughs> in, a lightning in a bottle, if that makes sense, to that album. <laughs> Lock
1: Up The Walls reminds me of the first album that I did with ACDC, Fly On The Wall. And I think what happen- what's happened with those albums is that they've grown on people. When they first came out, like I was talking about the musical climate, they didn't go through the roof. Mm-hmm. They didn't sell millions. Um, and it's difficult to keep up that um, momentum, I think. Um, and, you know, it was a ho- whole new band for Ryan too. Um, with ACDC, it was a brand new drummer. They'd never had a, well, like, they had a whole bunch of drummers in the beginning of the <laughs> band. But at that point, right. it had been, it had been Phil, Phil Rudd for the longest time. Um, and he was the drummer, you know, for ACDC. He was the guy. So, you know, I, I think there's a lot of um, things that figure into what happened with those records at, at that particular time. And I think over the years, as where we've come to now, I think people have grown to, they've grown on people.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. I get a lot of good things told to me by people who are experts, you you might want to say, on ACDC and D.O. And they they said the same thing out there at the album, kind of grown on them mm-hmm. um, and, and developed their own kind of place in the ACDC catalog and the D.O. catalog. Right. They're different, but but they're 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 revered in a in a in a uh, in a heartfelt place, you know, because of Ronnie and because of obviously Angus and whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what's happened.
0: I just remember that lock up the wolves. You know, when it came out, of course, like I said, I, I was I think I was in tenth grade when it came out, and I was still very aware of a change in the climate because I could tell. Uh, um like the show wasn't sold out um it, it was a smaller venue than what it played but the production was still big but then i remember th- you know seeing that happening happening a lot where a lot of my favorite bands were playing smaller venues the productions were getting smaller this that the other yes. and i think yeah. that as a young person even though i was i was I, I i i believed i was attuned to the music as much as i could be you know, an album like Lock Up the Wolves reminded me that sometimes I, I would get caught up in most, in, more so in the band than in what was actually being put out. Because when I listened to it before I, I decided I wanted to talk to you about it, I was like, why isn't this in my top three favorite Dio records? It's never one I talk about, but when I listened to it, I was. I, I enjoyed that every bit as much as I enjoyed you know, Dream Evil and Holy Diver, you know, and it, and, and, and for, like I said, for some reason, I've been hearing Lock Up the Wolves coming up quite a bit over the past, you know, year or so. And I don't know if it's just that, like you said, people are kind of going back and rediscovering things that they might have glazed over or whatever. But, you know, I was always curious as to what you thought, you would uh, attributed to that.
1: Well, I think it has, like I was saying, I mean, I, I really think it does have a place. It now has a place in the, in the, in, in, in Dio world, in mm-hmm. that whole world of Ronnie's albums and Ronnie's, what Ronnie did. Um, and like I say, I think, it, I think it's kind of grown on people, um, you know, over the years. They're not as, um, they, they remember it with affection, I think, and they give it another listen. And, uh, it, it kind of sparks something in them, you know, cause the songs are kind of different from what had come before and they're different from what came afterwards, obviously because the band changed. Um, you know, so I, I, I just think it fits really well in the whole world of deal.
0: It's, mm-hmm.
1: it's, it's a pretty good album.
0: Well, I totally agree. I think it's a classic album. I think it's a, I think it's a, uh, for many years, it's been an overlooked album, and I can only hope that this will be an album that people will revisit, especially my li- my my listeners and my readers after hearing this, and to to go well, give it a well listen. I, ho-
1: I hope so because it does have a lot of character to it. It's a different band, and Ronnie is singing his singing his butt off as usual. Um, it fits really well, like I say, within the whole realm of Dio. Um, you know, and there's some uh there are some classic songs on there that that were part of that that era, uh, and that time and that space if you wanna say it that mm-hmm. way, you know. Um I think it's important.
0: I just wish we would have had Ronnie a little longer so that he could have seen that for himself. Do you know what I mean? And and, and 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 he was taken from us way too soon. Way too soon. I <laughs> yeah.
1: yes yes he was absolutely he had so much um, he had so much left in him to give you know and uh, uh, he w- he was really ready to create all the time you know uh, his ideas his last ideas for Magicka 2 and 3 were uh, were really eye opening you know he really had some great ideas and he was still thinking he was still creating um even though as sick as he was, um, he's just that kind of guy. He but never sits on his hands, you know.
0: And doing it as good as he did, you know what I mean? Which is like, because I feel like so many times musicians after after a long period of time, you know. And of course, I hate to sound harsh, but come with an expiration date. And to me, you know, Ronnie. Iron Maiden, you know, even even to even even as of now, priests or like these acts that you listen to and you go, wow, you've still got some, you still got some fuel in the tanks, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, oh keep it coming, yeah. man, you know?
1: Yeah, he he was always like that. I mean, it was just so easy for him to 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 sing. He was always. He had no trouble singing. I mean, he could just belt it out wherever, anywhere, mm-hmm. at any time. You know, um, and his creative thinking was just as strong as his singing. The way his mind would work, um, he was so quick and so clever, um, and he was really funny too. You know, I mean, it was it from my side of things. I remember when they they would be writing. Him and Craig would be in his studio or. Uh, Doug for a little while um, and I would be in and out I'd be I was living there I'd been living there for a long time Still, with quite a few people who lived there on and off In a big house but I would leave they'd be in the studio and I'd hear this stuff they were working on and it was kind of like eh what's that <laughs> it's just kind of like this little little tiny riff scratchings going on you know and I'm mm-hmm. like he'd be, he'd be leaning over the guitar just fiddling around and and I'd go away, and I'd come back, and they they created this epic song, you know, between him and Craig or whatever, and the, there was keyboards on it, and they were scrambling away over the control desk at the keyboards, and they'd found something, and it was like, yeah, we're on this, you know? It's like,
0: <laughs> you're like some of the best... You're like, I'm going to lunch, and then you come back, and there's like yeah. this epic tune written... <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> those, lunches, those lunches got shorter and shorter because I couldn't keep away. I'm like, I could go back and listen to what they've done.
0: <laughs> that's when you start bringing your <laughs> you lunch, know? <laughs> you know, so you don't yeah, miss I'll anything. Bring, bring, I know,
1: I just sit there and go, I, you know, wow, that's good. <laughs> you know? um, that is, that, it
0: was. Yeah, wow, unbelievable, that's amazing. Yeah,
1: it it was, it was, um, to see
0: Craig and, and Ronnie work
1: together was, um, 'Cause they they really were in tune with one another. You know, Craig mm-hmm. would, would give Ronnie his space to create and then Craig would kind of come in when he was needed and stuff and arrange stuff a little bit and mm-hmm. get it get it down um and play it and stuff and they worked really well together. There was never a, there was never any friction or any kind of rubbing there, you know. They worked really well together. They just ideas were coming off each other and like I said, Craig would give Ronnie his space to create. It was
0: mm-hmm.
1: really cool. Yeah.
0: One of the things I also did read some somewhere, and it may have been a, in a with a, uh, an interview with uh, Rowan, um, th- that there was actually mention of a second album that was written and shelved. I guess because it never happened. No. Because it, is there any truth to that, or like what was? Uh, no, not that. Not-
1: not that I know of mm-hmm. there was there was, you know Ronnie may have had material but he never mentioned it to me or played me anything
0: right um, you
1: know and uh, he did have stuff in the vaults so to speak mm-hmm. but and now and again he would pull something out or pull a song out and go like let's let's try and work this one into this album mm-hmm. you know but um, that, that didn't happen a lot he, he liked to create as a whole for that that one album and give it a Give it a theme and a and make it like a, a, a full thought, if you like. Right, you know. Um, um, no, I never heard of another album being shelved.
0: That's that, not at all. Well, that's good to hear from the source. So, but uh, and and I guess my final question regarding the album too is that um, I actually have two more questions. One of them being that up to the lock up the wolves tour, Ronnie and company had professionally filmed every tour I mean basically we had we had a professional tour of the you know of the Holy Diver tour we had a pro tour of Last in Line we had a pro shot of you know Sacred Heart you know both legs of Sacred Heart both with uh, you know and so was there ever production like, like film production done for the Lock Up the Wolves tour um, for future release because I know everybody's asked I- that you know
1: yeah, I I I I do get asked that a lot. I I don't remember there actually being a crew being brought in by by Wendy, um, mm-hmm. but I do believe that there was footage that was filmed professionally at a couple of the shows, and I can't remember which films they were. Actually, it's too long ago. Um, but and I think that Wendy has the rights to those because I did talk to her briefly. Oh, must have been three four years ago now about the idea of, you know, it'd be great if there was some, you know, lock up the walls footage that we could put out and stuff. She said, oh, I've got some, you know, at some point we'll, um, so we'll see, you know, I don't know if it's, if it's stuff that was recorded by a, by a, by a, 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 you know, a a TV company or or Mm -hmm. what it is. She didn't really tell me that. So I don't know. Um, And she's got so much going on at the moment with the, with Ronnie's, um, you know, the great work she does with Ronnie's cancer fund, but mm-hmm. it, it's difficult for her to really concentrate on getting stuff out. Right. Um, although she is busy with music and stuff and Ronnie's uh, music as well. Um, but I haven't heard anything recently with regards to a release of live stuff from Lock I don't know.
0: Yeah. Cause especially but, in this um, day and age where we're, uh, we're seeing a lot of bands releasing, you know, anniversary, reissues of albums and stuff i i I would i would i think that would be such a great album to just hear re-release i'm done even have to remaster i don't touch it just put it back out with some bonus stuff you know what i mean and like yeah you know
1: yeah i know i i love it when bands do that that's that's very cool when bands do that i think it it would be a great it would be it's a great idea i think it would go down really well absolutely you know uh uh, yeah, live DVD with the Lock Up the Wolves album. That would that would be awesome, you know. Mm.
0: Um, so we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> you know. Well, I guess in closing, if 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 you had to describe your experience with Lock Up the Wolves and like your thoughts of Lock Up the Wolves as where you are at right now, how would you kind of encapsulate it into just a small condensed? Feeling?
1: I just, I would just say that I, I think the album exceeded my expectations. I knew it was going to be good, but I thought it came out uh, better than I thought it would. On saying that, though, I, I do think that uh, um, it it, would be nice to hear it. Right, what we're talking about? If you re-release the album with a DVD, a live DVD, or something, Mm -hmm. it might be cool to have somebody go in and kind of remix the album a little bit too mm-hmm. you know um and, and the, i don't think there would be any harm in doing that it would just put another little a little flavor to it if you like um but no my overall um you know thoughts and my memories of uh of of doing the lock up the walls was great it was a good it was a good fun time you know it was something that was uh, that was important to me too because I I got a chance to spread my wings a little bit on drums and do a little bit more than I'd been doing Mm -hmm. Um, you know and I really enjoyed that part of it Um, I didn't let it go to my head obviously you know I think you could tell that in the playing but I did get a chance to do a few things that were uh, a little bit more of a risk than I'd been doing so I was happy that I got to do that and, um, you know, I'll, I've got good memories of that album.
0: That is amazing. Well, Simon, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me about Lock Up The Wolves and your memories. No and, problem. And I hope that everybody that hears this will will, will give it a listen and maybe, maybe find some love for it that they didn't have or that they didn't realize that they had for it.
1: It, 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 would, it wouldn't hurt, you're giving it another listen. That's for sure. <laughs> it's a good album.
0: Well, Simon, thank you so much again for your time. I really appreciate it, and, um, and I look forward to speaking with you again in the future, man.
1: Sounds great. Thanks a lot, Don. It was nice speaking to you. Take care.
0: You too. Thank you, Simon.
1: Cheers.